Hello and welcome to another episode of the You Play Rugby question mark podcast by the University of Leeds Women's Rugby Union team. My name is Joy and I'm the current club captain and today we're joined with Alina Ayub who's been playing rugby for nine years and has been playing for Lura for two years now as an integral part of our first team. Today we're going to be talking about how she's seen the rugby game grow as well as discussing how rugby has changed our lives. So many of you that know me and Alina may be a bit surprised to see us attempting a more serious conversation, but we're here to prove that we're not just two idiots and that we can hold a somewhat intellectual conversation. Would you say that's true? Yeah, partly. Partly not. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll have a go. (laughs) We'll see as it progresses. Yeah. So um, when did you actually start playing rugby? Because I don't think a lot of people know. So I started playing rugby back in high school around year eight. So we had a week in school. Um, where boys played netball and girls played rugby for a week. So it was meant to be, well, girls play a typical boys sport and boys play a typical girls sport. And um, so we played it for a week and it was just so much fun, like the tackling, the communication, like the teamwork that came out of it. And so I applied to play for my club in my local town. Um, and from there, it just kind of sort of played for like county and then uni. So really never like lo- lost interest. So, you know, when you first joined Harpington, how many girls roughly were there there? So when we first started, when I first joined the club, women's rugby was just starting. There was only about maybe seven people maximum that were part of the team. So it wasn't even a full team that we could play on the pitch. Um, So we never played a game where there was a full amount of people. We would always have to join with another town to play another team. And kind of seeing that now, like looking back, it's just amazing because I've gone to visit since coming back from uni and there's now over 200, 300 people in the club. And it's just amazing to see that we couldn't even get a full team. And now we have three or four teams playing. 200 to 300, that's literally insane. <laughs> it's crazy, it's actually crazy. It is weird though, because that's in the space of like nine to 10 years. You've gone from not even being able to pull a full 15 to having hundreds of people. Like it's crazy to think how far rugby could grow in the next 10 years or next 20 years. Exactly, 100%. I so agree. And also the kind of idea and how people think towards it is so key because if you have people that are really trying to push women's rugby people who really believe in it then Mm. it will grow and that's really what they showed in Harpenden a lot yeah I agree and I feel like people that play rugby they don't just play it like how do I how do I explain it like no one just oh yeah like I play a bit of rugby you you do everything rugby related so like people that play are huge advocates for the game and it's not just like oh yeah I do a bit of rugby on the side like people play with their chest do you know what I mean 100% you can't just play rugby half-heartedly and you don't want to once you start anyway it's so different to a lot of sports like that so definitely and like so obviously Harpenton training was different at the start but when you've been back recently how does it kind of compare with Blue Ruff I don't know obviously you said there's a lot more girls at Harpenton compared to Blue Ruffs because we've had 76 members this year but um, Mm -hmm. like how's it different training wise or is there like a different vibe um, so with Harpenden, the reason why it's bigger is because they have so many different age groups. So they have people who are just start like kids that are just starting off that are age five, mm. all the way to people who are seniors. So you have about four or five different groups that are training. Um, and in training, um, when we first started, it would literally be throwing around the ball, different exercises. And we were just taught by other high school students who were playing rugby and wanted to teach and volunteer and a few parents as well that volunteered mm. um, and coached. Um, and now looking back, it's it's crazy because they will have things like S&C, like what we have in Lou Ruff. So they'll have 
a training session that's dedicated to fitness they'll have a training session dedicated to skills or de- like a training session dedicated to play time like game time um so it's quite similar in terms of the fact that they focus on fitness and game time mm. um but i'd say in lou Ruff, it's a lot more there's a lot more unity in the sense of training so everyone does train together everyone gets to know each other more we have a large array of skills because we're coached by experienced coaches i guess that also comes with because if there's two to three hundred people in Hartington and you're such different age ranges you're not going to be able to all train together anyway are you so exactly yeah and you have the men's team as well that you have to take into account so it's just fitting it all in i guess yeah yeah and you know how you said there's people um, as young as five playing is that girls as well do you have a lot of young girl players yeah, so majority of it is boys because mm. in Harpenden, typically, the parents always want their boys to start playing rugby as soon as they can walk. Mm. But uh, in in terms of girls, they do mix boys and girls. So when mm. before you're a certain age, you're allowed to play boys and girls rugby together. So when they're young, it's a mix of boys and girls all training together. So there are girls included in that too. You do notice, especially parents that are a big part of the club, they want their daughters to get involved as well. Yeah, I remember, you know, when we saw the Leeds Rhinos game and in the interval, there was like lots of younger boys and girls that were all playing on the pitch. And there was like yeah. a couple of little girls that were like five and we were all like looking at them like, oh my gosh, they're going to play for Lyra one day. <laughs> that was so cute. And the way they tackled was insane. I know. It, it's just cool because if a lot more girls are playing at that young age in 10, 20 years when they're all our age, like, like what's the growth for rugby going to be like? It, it's just cool to see. No, exactly. And the attitude towards it will be thriving, totally. Thriving. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I kind of want to speak a bit about, it sounds quite moist, but how rugby has changed our lives, right? so moist so moist I hate that word okay (laughs) Um, so first of all without going into too many details which could potentially get us in a lot of trouble talking about our social life (laughs) Um, (laughs) we don't mention those me personally I've met like all of my best friends at the club um, and it's really changed my uni experience so when I was a fresher like the old girls were really welcoming and I like to think we are welcoming to the freshers this year debatable (laughs) Um, and I think it's nice because in rugby like age doesn't really matter and everyone kind of becomes friends regardless which I think can be quite different in some other sports Um, yeah 100% and I was kind of thinking like all of the people that we've met at rugby they we don't just like share a love for the game but they have a lot of qualities that I'd want in like lifelong friends so everyone's like really hardworking, determined like there's lots of mental resilience in the players that we see and everyone goes on to be really successful and I kind of think it's because of the skills that we develop in the game of rugby which like I want to talk about on later but mm. me me and you were saying earlier when we were talking about us and Kate how like we're not just idiots like we seem like a bit silly like at socials <laughs> but actually like we have huge aspirations we're doing a lot of things thinking about our careers in the future and I don't know, we, we all just like got our heads screwed on, which you wouldn't expect. I think the kind of people that play rugby just make like really good friends for life. Yeah, definitely. I think like you'd agree as well. We talk about how rugby's changed our lives all the time. Mm. No matter what phone call we're on, somehow it comes into it. And it really has, it really does develop your mind because you go from going to school, speaking to the same people every single day, not really experiencing much of life itself and then you go to uni and you meet all these people and people in rugby that are either really similar to you or even completely different and you all just get on in some way because you have that one thing that is rugby Mm. that you all connect with which I absolutely love and it does change your life because you meet people that teach you about so many different things teach you about their experiences in rugby how they found playing for women's rugby because it's not been easy for everyone Mm. um it has been a struggle for some people because it's you can't just say I play women's rugby. A lot of people have to try and prove themselves because mm. it's not 
for some people they don't see it as a women's sport which it completely is it can be anyone's sport and that's what I love about Lurath and that how that's how it has changed everything because they are so inclusive with every single person no matter what age you are no matter what you're like no matter what your other interests are yeah it doesn't really matter I think it's actually helped me be a lot more open-minded because when we went to the freshest fun day um I went with Liv and we met Mel who's from Tottenham and people that don't know I'm from South London and in my head, I was like, oh, like, I need to meet people that are from London or that like my kind of music. And I was asking people, oh, what music do you listen to? And I look back on it now. And at that time, I thought I was quite mature and I was, like, accepting of people. But I had these, like, unconscious bias that I would only be, like, good friends with people from London or people that like my music taste. And it's literally the stupidest thing ever. Like, it sounds silly, but you just come to uni and you haven't experienced people from other places or people with different mindsets. And you don't have to like the same music or be from the same place to kind of yeah I mean we can't really talk now because we're friends with Ashley who listens to High School Musical and Emma that listens to every song from the 50s I said I was friends with them but okay (laughs) no no, yeah it really is crazy because you coming to uni you think I'm only going to fit in with this type of person I'm only going to get on with people who like the same things as me Mm. and being part of rugby shows that you it that really doesn't matter at all as long as you have a love for the game and you're able to speak to people of all different types it doesn't matter yeah I just think rugby is a great opportunity for that I mean uni completely as well but specifically rugby yeah definitely yeah so before I came to uni as well I did kickboxing in case you didn't know <laughs> for for about four years and like I played football and netball when I was younger but I didn't really have this kind of love for team sports and I remember my brother he played rugby for um like a number of years before I went to uni and he would always say like how it was just something that he couldn't describe and how he just missed playing it so much. And I was like, yeah, all right, David, calm down. Like, it's just rugby. But I didn't really understand it until we played for Lou Ruff. And, like, I don't know, there's just something about a team sport, but in particular rugby. I think it's the physical element of having to always be there in the ruck for one another, having to always yeah. support one another. It just builds relationships that you can't explain and you can't experience elsewhere, even in other team sports, because you're not relying on each other in such a physical nature. Definitely, I agree. Like, with other sports, you can have one key player and that's it, you've won the whole game. Whereas in rugby, each person has a different role and you need each of those roles to be able to execute the game and to be able to... So imagine if you were a back, like, you need your forwards to be in the scrum. If you're a forward, you need your backs to be able to make the runs on the wings. And apart from, if you're part of Blue Raff, where the forwards do a pretty good job of that as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, it's true, definitely. I agree. Yeah, and like it's also interesting because in rugby, right, you don't have attackers or defenders. So obviously, you could say that backs are they'll do more of the running, and like forwards do a lot more of the tackling. But essentially, everyone's an attacker and a defender at a different time. So although you specialize in some skills, you end up kind of training for all kinds of positions. So I think exactly. there's a lot more flexibility, and it just I think it just makes for a more of an interesting game. Also, yeah, that's an interesting point because the the fact that you are doing other roles that other people are doing makes you be able to emphasize with each role and you can appreciate what each person has to do on the pitch Mm. it won't be like oh I'm doing this why are they not doing that I'm doing this they're not doing this it's very much like I'm doing this and I can see that they're also doing this that's actually a really Uh, good point yeah so maybe that's why you get such a team element and like you bond so much as a team because everyone else has to do the same thing that I'm doing or every now and then I'll do a run or I'll try and score a try and I'm like geez that was hard like how are the back so fit so because you do appreciate each other it helps yeah I so agree that's interesting because I hadn't really thought about like I couldn't quite put my finger on why rugby was different 
Yeah, no, definitely. In terms of things like netball, you have in a game you have the per- the one person that you are attacking or defending. Mm. Um, and that's it that's your role for the game you have to make sure that you are protecting that person that is your role in rugby you are all over the pitch all the time one moment I'm on the like on the wing which I definitely should not be on (laughs) one moment you could be in the middle of the pitch and you're thinking right I need to defend this person I need to make sure that I am in charge of this and then the next you have to shuffle along for the next ruck and the next tackle and you have to communicate between you and your other team members Mm. to let you know that you are now changing role and that it just shows that you have to be able to work as a team it's not a one-man job at all yeah it's really true and I feel like you never really switch off because like in netball if the ball isn't in your part of the court you can't even move to the other part of the court this isn't it's not me slating netball but it's just very different and even in football if you're a defender and the ball is with your teammates who are attacking well, then you're just going to be chilling. But because it's a line in rugby, like, you're always constantly involved. And even if the ball's yeah. further down the line, you're preparing for when it moves down. And, like, it's just a lot more to think about. It makes me so happy thinking about the unity. <laughs> the unity. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the union for a second. I was like, someone's really missing Leeds. I really am missing Leeds. Fruity, missing it so much. I just miss the co-op Mildred's, to be honest with you. You know I have, like, £7 on my co-op card, so I can treat me and somebody special to a meal deal. I mean, you've mentioned that quite a few times, but you still haven't treated me, so... Well, because it's not... I've actually said it's going to Daisy, so I'm really sorry. What? You literally told me first. I don't think I did. I think you're lying. <laughs> cool, forget that. <laughs> okay, so I've mentioned this before. I think I did it in like my club captain speech, so sorry if you've heard it. But basically, I just want to talk about how rugby affects your mental resilience, right? So... You could be in a game and it's literally muddy, it's pouring with rain, you're absolutely knackered, and someone tackles you straight to the ground at speed. You're literally knocked onto the ground, bodies heap on top of you, and like in that moment you would think you'd be shattered and you'd want to just lie there and give up. But that's not even an option. You don't even consider whether you should stand up. You just get straight back up and you get on with the game. So in that moment, you're not even thinking for a second, like, oh, all right, off I, up I get it. You literally get out without even thinking about it. If you can train physically to get straight back up when something goes wrong or when you fail at something it can just become a mental instinct yeah definitely and i mean it's not just because john's shouting at the side telling us to get up straight away (laughs) we do like it is definitely a mental thing and you're right like you say it all the time it is a precursor for life Mm. when something bad happens you're mentally prepared to say right well it's happened how am i going to get up and start pushing to do it again and i really do see that in the whole of lou ruff yeah. every single person whether it's Lucy Garman where she's doing her she's training so hard for her runs mm. and it's not easy and she's really pushing herself or I know Ashley starting all the charity things that she does it's just the fact that like it's hard and they still push to do it yeah. um, and it's really inspiring I was actually having this conversation with my friend because he asked do you not cry every time you get an injury and I said well no like you're <laughs> you're so well firstly I just don't cry but <laughs> um, <laughs> no tears over here like, you're you're mentally prepared before a game to think right there is a chance I could get injured there is a chance well I am going to get tackled into the ground I might hit my head Mm. um and you've mentally prepared for that so you think once it happens it's like well that's happened right let's move on to the next thing Mm. Um, it makes you very strong mentally yeah I agree and I think this kind of goes back to the point that I was saying about how if you look at all the individual members in the club and I think for kind of women's rugby all over like, people go on to do amazing things. And, like, if we look at all the people that have left, they're all in, like, really good jobs and they're all being successful. And I think it is honestly because of the kind of mental skills that I train due to the physical skills in rugby, like I was saying. 100%, yeah. My like kickboxing coach used to have this saying, and it's a bit uh, moist again, but it's, um, if you're not 100% committed, you're 100% more likely to fail. 
And basically, it's so true. Yeah, I love it. I know, I know it sounds like a bit wet, but it basically, if you're going to go and tackle um, and you're not backing yourself 100%, then it's not going to work. And so because you've learned to back yourself 100% in a tackle or when you're running through a line, you're basically training those skills in the way that you view how you're going to do other things, if that makes sense. 100%, yeah. yeah. I mean, we had um, Francis's dad coach us back in Harbison, yeah. and he would go around the whole circle before a game saying, you are going to do the biggest tackle, you are going to do the biggest tackle. <laughs> Even though he said it to every single person, obviously we can't all do the biggest tackle. <laughs> Even though he said that to every person, it was instilled in our minds, thinking, yeah. right, we are going to do the biggest tackle. Like We are going to put our 100% in. Mm-hmm. And especially when you do tackle in a game, you can't go half-heartedly. Exactly. You have to 100% commit, otherwise you will probably fall on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you do, if you put your 100% in, it's, it doesn't matter. You've yeah. tried your hardest. Exactly. Having to back yourself in that sense takes so much confidence that I think people might not have been able to kind of unleash in themselves before rugby. So I think it's just great for, like, confidence building. Like, you know, before when we have games, we'll get in a circle and it's like, oh, what do you want to do this game? And I'm like, oh, like, what should I say? But it's actually quite good to see that we all have, like, these goals and, like, to put in place before we play what we do want to achieve. Yeah, and you actually end up doing it. So true. And also it's amazing to see how much people have grown in Lou Ruff in general. You see people, even you you've never played rugby before before uni mm. and they've just been thrown into a game and it's probably the scariest thing in the whole world but oh, it's just it's amazing to see how people will play for the first time and score a try charlotte lacy scoring try on her first yeah. game or she's sick. it's just amazing i know like me and hannah lyons we went to um in a warrior it was like this first rugby event i literally went like a month into uni i was like i don't know what i'm doing i was messaging hannah like oh we gotta go and um, you're going with hannah oh god <laughs> dangerous <laughs> And we got, like, the coach out to West Park, and there was, like, sheep everywhere. And me from London was like, all right, I'm in the wilderness. And we basically did Bulldog. And we basically played, played Bulldog, and then we built it up to you had to play Bulldog, but then you had to tackle the person rather than just touching them. In my head, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to literally tackle this person to the ground. Like, it was such a surreal thing. And it is kind of scary the first time you do it. But, yeah, when you see how far someone comes from doing that to, like, yeah, like, making this, making a team and being able to score a trial. Things as small as learning how to pass and catch, you might think that it's small, but it's actually a very big thing. And it normally takes a lot of people, Mm. a lot of time to um, be able to learn that for a lot of people. Whereas in Luraf, it's just grass straight away. But I think it's because people are encouraging. That was exactly what I was going to say, because in a lot of other sports, um, I think if you came along and you didn't know how to pass, they'd be like, right, well, there's somebody else that can pass. We want to play them. But because rugby's still developing, it's a newer sport we will literally take anyone. Like, if someone doesn't know how to pass or they're literally, like, the most unfit person, we're like, we don't care, like, keep coming. And everyone's just so encouraging. It's just so nice. And also, in terms of physical fitness, because you end up playing the role of an attacker and a defender, you end up doing a mix of cardiovascular, um, lots of bodyweight exercises when you get up and down. We also do strength and conditioning. So you're kind of building all different areas of fitness. And it's definitely true as well in a game because one minute you're picking someone up to tackle them which you probably shouldn't be doing, but we end up doing it anyway. <laughs> and then next you're thrown on the ground. You have to pick yourself up straight away. That's a form of fitness as yeah. well. It's like doing therapy. And then running constantly and scrums constantly having to push, it just tests every single part of your body and pushes you to every limit. And that's why we're literally so knackered on Thursdays. Not because of the socials, but literally. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Actually, can you talk that's about... why we don't go to lectures, because we are knackered. <laughs> that's why we're very tired, athletes. <laughs> 
we t- can we actually talk about that for a minute though? The amount of photos I have on my camera roll on like a Thursday morning where I'm getting all the angles of like my bruises, my scratches on my legs. Like Kate had like a bear scratch literally all up her leg. Mate, when we had Christy Cup last year, I got tackled and Maddie accidentally tackled the same person as me. And her head whacked into my cheek. I had a golf ball bruise on my face, but I absolutely loved it. I walked into uni telling everyone that I got in a fight on the rugby pitch because it just looked good. (laughs) Even my lip, which didn't look good. I didn't mind showing that off because it was like, yeah, I've been in a rugby fight. I've got to have had surgery. Yeah, I've got water marks. Yeah. You actually that was the most traumatic day of my life. Which when was? Kate called me, she was like, Joy's gone, like, that's it. I was like, what do you mean she's gone? <laughs> she was like, you need to get to the hospital. I was like, what hospital? Why no one answering that <laughs> And then Liv called, she's like, yeah, her lip's, like, just been cut, like, it's fine. Like, obviously it was quite bad, but it's, she's not gone. It's not fine. gone. <laughs> Kate was probably just worried about the social. I was happy to get out of one. I literally went to Tesco, grabbed a um, tub of Ben & Jerry's, went home, felt sorry for myself. The only social I've ever oh, missed. The only one that I had, oh God. Yeah, me and Kate, that was an intro. We lost half of the equipment that we needed for that social, like, what during the night. What was it? It was the American football one. But there was, there's been a lot of American Christmas ones. one. It was a Christmas one, wasn't it? I like the toilet roll one. Kate must have bought, we must have bought about, I don't know, 20 toilet rolls, and then she forgot to bring them, so then she had to go and buy, like, another 20. We spent so much money on toilet rolls that week. <laughs> that was a night where I met all my rugby daughters for the first time. Really? Well, I loved well, not Lucia. But I met Alice and I was like, this is the one. This is the one I know. <laughs> Do you still agree with that statement? Um, no. She couldn't, <laughs> couldn't recognise my baby photo. Oh, yeah. I'm the only Asian who handed in a baby photo. Who did she say it was? Anu, but Anu couldn't even put, put in a photo. I mean, yeah, it's not um, good. No, yeah, no. <laughs> So anyway, guys, we're going off on a bit of a tangent, so I think we'll stop it there. But um, hopefully that was nice to kind of have a little insight into how we think rugby has changed our lives. And I feel like our conversation started off intellectual and then it kind of went downhill. Yeah, we kind of went into socials, but that's right, because that's how it ends up in rugby anyway. I know, and I just miss it, but we'll be back soon, we'll be back soon. Can't wait. Rebs, we miss you. Oh, also, the opening on the 3rd of August. Stop it. Stop it. So we'll be back sooner than later. That was exciting. But yeah, anyway, thank you for coming on the podcast. No problem, loved it. Make sure you follow Aline and Bob. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us on the You Play Rugby question mark podcast today. Be sure to check out our Instagram at L-U-U-W-R-U-F-C and our Twitter at L-U-U Women's Rugby for updates on upcoming podcasts and episodes and to follow our rugby journey. See you next time.